Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right leftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen, feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 21. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Grace. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I get to see my oldest son today. I haven't seen him in several months. So oh, he's good. coming in for about 24 hours. Awesome. <laughs> I'm okay. very excited. How far away does he live? He lives 13 hours away. Oh, wow. And it doesn't matter how you get there, whether you fly, drive it's 13 hours i'm a flyer anyway i'm i don't like to drive by myself across the country anymore i used to yeah kind of dangerous so so how long has he been living in saskatchewan he's not living in saskatchewan (laughs) he's living in south carolina um that, that really sounded like saskatchewan to me uh four years Oh. Four years. Uh, he lived in D.C. for a little while, and then he moved down to South Carolina. Cool. For that, he lived in Chicago, so he's kind of... Actually, I'm ready for him to come back home again. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just course. a parent, of course. Yes. So what do we got today? Well, you know, there's a lot of bad things going on. And yesterday, as you call it, we went black. Yes. So today we're going to talk about this Vegas massacre. And also um, we're going to mention a little bit about the hurricane victims and uh, some of the problems that are that is going on down in Puerto Rico. Okay. And we have a little bit of breaking news. Oh, but um, first of all, I think that we just want to express our condolences to all the victims recently, you know, it's it's really horrible. I mean, to think about going to a concert and being gunned down from above. The gunman was, you know, in the 32nd um, floor yeah. of the hotel and shooting an automatic weapon. They, they are saying this morning that it was an adapted weapon. It's not one that he bought um, right. that way. He modified he had, it. He had modified it. Thank you. Shooting down into 22,000 people. You know, you're going to get a massacre. And that is exactly what happened. You know, Mandolin Bay um, is a wonderful hotel. <laughs> I was there right after it opened. Right. Um, but it does. It just overlooks this open air arena. I, I don't even know if you call it an arena because they set up the stage. When the stage isn't there, it's basically an empty lot. Well, thoughts and prayers definitely go out to all the Absolutely. victims and everybody affected by this. This is just heart wrenching. It and makes people, me sick. Yeah, today they're starting to 
identify the victims. And they're so darn young. And because this was a concert primarily dedicated to military and first responders, these people were basically all off-duty policemen, off, you know, veterans or off-duty military. Um, many there were a lot of nurses. It's just unimaginable. Yeah, it it, it really is. And there are no words. There aren't any words. But the man, the shooter, was 64 years old, didn't have a particular party affiliation politically, was not particularly religious, had money, had two homes, apartment buildings, two airplanes. He was a gambler, um, probably a high-stakes gambler. He had a cache of weapons. Everybody said he was completely normal. He made he originally made his money as an accountant. And he certainly does not fit the profile. Yeah, it is odd. I mean, and if he was an old... 64-year-olds are usually country music fans, old military people. That's kind of their group, you know? Yeah. That's not going to be their target. So it's it's baffling. Yeah, he just snapped. It it had to be. But it was so well planned. I I have a hard time saying it's he snapped. True. You know, this concert has been going on since 2014. Now I heard a couple of people say that if you go to this concert, you kind of know what floors you can see the concert on and hear it from your room at Mandolin Bay. So my guess is he probably started planning this last year. What a um, Yeah. It's very sick. So he had 23 weapons in the room and some sort of hammer-like device. I don't know what a hammer-like device is, but this is what, what they said to Maybe. knock out the windows. Right, right. I was just going to say probably to knock out the window. Yeah, I don't know what a hammer-like device is, and I guess there was a lot of noise going on because nobody heard him, or maybe this hammer-like device would make less noise. I, I don't know if that's possible because they, the windows did not open. So he, he of course, did break, break out the windows. And my understanding is he shot into the crowd for about 20 minutes before they got to him. Wow. And he had cameras in the hallway, so he knew when they were coming, and he knew when to take his life. Up to this point, there is no letter, no manifesto. So it just all a puzzle. logic. Yeah, it's all like, a big puzzle. You know, I told you yesterday, I have not felt, there's two other times I felt this bad when, when events have taken place. So one was Columbine. And the other was 911. I don't want this to become the new normal. Kind of like Columbine, we were, it got nearly nonstop coverage for a month. Now there is an average of a couple of shootings at a school a week, and it barely gets breaking news. Yeah. I don't want guys to rent rooms 
on upper floors near football stadiums and um, baseball stadiums and concert arenas and start shooting people. It's kind of like you were talking about over the weekend. Another guy rents a truck and starts plowing into people. That's now become the new normal. You know, it started out in France, and we were all excited about it and upset. It seems like when it becomes the new normal, they win. Yeah, and you're going to see more and more. Exactly. I mean, once somebody does something, <laughs> yeah, it happens more. You have, and I hate to call them copycats because it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of diminishing. This this was escalated to. I don't know where where can you take it beyond this? I mean it's it's scary to even think that this is the new norm. It is. It is and I you know I I love concerts. Oh. I've loved concerts forever. And um one of my kids loves them. I cannot fathom going out, being dancing around, having a few drinks, watching a concert and needing to be concerned about being gunned down. Yeah. One of the last places I took my mother before she got this brain infection that causes dementia was to a Boston concert. And it was an outsider arena. And, you know, we were out there in the grass and there was nothing protecting us. Nothing. And it was at a casino and there are rooms you know, a guy could have just as easily been standing up there. And, and and like I said, it's just, it's mind-boggling to believe that we're going to have to start thinking about that. Yeah, it's horrible. It really is. And then we had politicians yesterday wanting to talk about gun control and silencers. First of all, the guy didn't even use a silencer. And if you wonder why I don't want to use his name is I don't like to give these people that much credibility. His name's already out there. Somebody wants to know if he wanted his 15 minutes of fame. I don't want to, I don't want to be any part of that. Here, here. (laughs) I totally agree with that. You know, but anyway, before the bodies, the dead bodies were off of the field where the concert took place. Hillary Clinton put out a statement about gun control. And I think that's wrong. I I think politicizing it before the morgue picks up the bodies is just, it's not right. Yeah. And, And who does that help or who does that advance? Certainly not a person, maybe a politician, and that would probably be only in the politician's eyes. Right. Yeah. But it's very sad. And, and I, I just don't want to see any more of this. And these people are going to be devastated. I fear that we will lose more. Um, the last count I have is 59 dead, 523 wounded. Many of them are back in surgery today. I just heard that. It's it's really horrible. That is horrible. It just My, makes, makes you yeah. ill. 
Yeah. And oh my gosh, Vegas is one of the safest feeling places yeah. I've ever been. You know, I would never walk down on the square in Springfield tonight. But in Vegas, Vegas and Manhattan, yeah. I have felt perfectly safe. You know, I mean, people walk around counting money on the street. I mean, you can't do that in any other city. And, they f and they're safe because they do security right there. I mean, it's kind of like Israel. These, they're very serious about security in Vegas. And, okay, so now, remember the um, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah. Now they're talking about having to check your bags. Before you, you go out, yeah, yeah, when you check into your hotel room. Now, think about all the guys traveling for their bachelor parties. That's just not going to go. It's not going to fly. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're taking stuff in. I mean, regardless of how you feel about it, that they don't want checked. And so they won't go. Yeah. I mean, and apparently somebody's already thought about that because MGM, their stock, stock dropped this morning significantly. Well, it, it's only, you know, common sense that, that it's, this is going to hurt tourism. This is going to hurt Vegas a lot. A lot, a lot. Yes. And um, investors have already decided that this morning. They're taking a hit. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, it's going to be serious and it's, it's bad because 2008, uh, the big recession really hit Vegas harder than it even hit other places. And they had just now, in the past couple of years, started to make a comeback. This year in particular. And now they got hit with this. I, I say it's going to be devastating, especially to those that barely withstood the 2008 financial fallout. I say that you're going to see some doors closed if they lose business now, you know. No doubt it's going to affect us all in one way or another. You know, another devastating issue is Puerto Rico. Now, prior to these two hurricanes, Puerto Rico was in bankruptcy. And now they... they their roads, they can't get goods uh, through their roads. They have no power uh, because they need power to pump their water. They do not have water. The other day, Delta was sending flights filled with Puerto Ricans to Chicago for free, hmm. getting them the heck out of there. Now, today, President, Bo President Trump... <laughs> wow. Bush, I'm going way back. Yeah, that was he quite the flashback there. Puerto Rico, where, of course, he has been, him and uh, the mayor of San Juan have had some choice words for one another on Twitter. But they're going to meet today. I think that's just silliness. So yes. We, we won't, probably won't go too far into that. But... The Puerto Ricans have been migrating to Florida. You and I talked about this. Florida's population has gone up in the past decade by about 12 million. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in less than a decade. I say that when Puerto Ricans leave there, many of them won't return because it was already a financial devastation. The power company company has misappropriated money. They have no money to fix the power. A few billion dollars has been pocketed and not used for the, it's private power. Private um, has not been used by the private power company. Now, what are we going to do? We don't generally make power companies federal. Yeah. But would we consider that? Will this rush Puerto Rico to become a state? I believe it just, just went through the Congress again, didn't it? And it didn't pass again. I mean, first of all, they're kind of broke, so it's kind of like taking on a liability. Um, I'm for making the mistake personally. I know that that may not be a popular conservative, but I figure we might as well. Well, I never really realized that Puerto Rico was, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the United States. Uh, this is yeah. always kind of new yeah. to me. And the yeah. first time I even heard about all of this was, was when we talked about it previously on the podcast. Right. Yeah, it is like the redheaded stepchild, and we could just make it a state. The people really want it now. I believe originally back in the 50s or 60s, I think I remember my dad telling me that people didn't really want it because it meant they would need to pay more taxes. Now they they need us desperately. It is it is devastated beyond. There is no infrastructure left. Hmm. I mean, you know, the mayor at San Juan was griping about you know people are dying. They really. Only 16 people died, which is too many. But she was kind of exaggerating. But she kind of has a point. If you cannot, okay, if you take the goods off the ships, you got to have truckers. The truckers cannot get through. And even if they could, they can't get gas. Most gas pumps need electricity to pump the gas. So what you got is just... A catch-22. You're damned whatever way you go. If you find a trucker, you can't get him gas. If you get him gas, you the roads and bridges are down. So what do you do? I mean, eventually people will start dying. Another sad, sad situation. A very sad situation. I mean, and, you know, we still have Florida. We still have Texas trying to recuperate from... Their hurricanes, it's just, it's been a really bad month. You know, I started thinking about, you know, I always like to draw this back to your conspiracy theories just so I can thrill you for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when the Mayan calendar ended in 2012 and this was supposed to be an indicator that life was changing. Now, usually when we read into these predictions by ancient civilizations and prophets, 
our quasi-prophets like Nostradamus and such. It, it, we always imagine it's the end of the world. Even though they kind of tell us it's a turning point. You know, like not Nostradamus said, when the new century comes, you know, I'm paraphrasing clearly. Right. I yeah. don't speak ancient French. <laughs> no? <laughs> In quatrains, especially. Okay, when the new century comes, it's a turning point. Either, either it is going to be very peaceful with less organized religion and more you know, what do you call it? New age type right. spiritual spirituality. Right. Or it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. And we're going to have storms. We're going to have fires. We're going to be starving and we're going to be fighting. Which is pretty much it. Pretty much what's happening. Okay. And everybody goes, oh, well, nothing happened. Bull hockey. Yeah. Okay. The Mayans said 2012. We'll bring in a new era. Everybody goes, ooh, the world's going to explode. No. It would change. Things would be different. You know what? I think they damn well got it right. Yeah. Because things are different. Oh, things, I don't know. And things I mean, are changing rapidly, too. Oh, my gosh. It's so rapid. And it's like karma and um, people and pop. You know, you have Brexit, you've got politics are so, we're at polar opposites. There, there is no middle ground. And all of these spiritual doctrines, what do you, what do you call them? I, I don't want to call it a religion. Right. Teach us State to find a, a, a middle ground. Balance is found in the center. And if you can't find it in the center, then get one somebody on the other side that balances you out. Yeah. It's like a teeter-totter. Exactly. You don't want to tip the apple cart. We are not teeter-tottering. Yeah. You know, we're jumping off the top and letting the other person land in the dirt. You bet. And it's, it's, it's terrible. And with that comes... You know, we've had all these disasters. You're up there getting the hot weather. I'm down here freezing to death, not being able to swim. Yeah. It, 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 if we can't find balance, you know, it's like I, I tell my kids, you know, families are like the remote control that needs batteries. When one battery goes bad, that damn thing won't work. Yeah. Even if the other one's perfectly fine. It's something to think about. And a uh, little bit of breaking news today. Uh, Tom Petty passed away. I know. I am heartbroken again. That, yeah. I, I do not like losing these rock and rollers. And he was far too young. And it, it's very sad. And I worry about some of these guys that... You know, they live alone, and he had a heart attack. He laid there, probably a housekeeper or something found him. They took him to the hospital. By that point, it was too late. Even if you're not that old, you know, you need somebody checking on you. You know, it probably could have lived. That's just my two cents, you know. Yeah. Also, the U.S. has um, sent the Cuban diplomats home. We covered this uh, two or three weeks ago. Right. 
the sonic boom. Um, Political potpourri. We sure did. And Cuba and Canadians and American diplomats have suffered from headaches, loss of hearing. And the other day they said some certifiable neurological damage. Now that's that's crazy, you know. And like we said, all on the hills of Obama being so nice to them. So that's just, that stinks. And I hope these people can get better. Um, it, it sounds like something that they may have to face for a while. Yeah, this is a very, very odd story. It is an odd story. And I really think that... Um, like, what is their motivation? You know, what? Is, I mean, Castro, have we ever figured out his motivations? I guess not. I mean, not outside of power. I mean, it's kind of like Kim Jong. You know, it, it's power, power, power over his people. I mean, he's not, I mean, the psychologists say that they're not really trying to gain power over, like, the United States and China or, or something to that effect. And Cuba would be, you know, in the old days, Russia and the United States. But that they want their people to believe they have power over these larger superpowers. Yeah. That's part of that psychological profile um, because that's how they keep power over their own people. Well, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but we don't always agree. But life's a journey and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all the victims out there. And Godspeed to our friends listening. Godspeed, everybody. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.